This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Hello. My name is Pete. This is Dave. Hello. And welcome to Friends with Friends. I'm fully aware that all I've said so far is the word hello twice, so I might just carry on doing that. It's fine, you're just very welcoming. So let's explain as succinctly as we can what's going to happen here. Dave, go ahead. Okay, so this is it. So Pete and I used to live in the same town and used to spend a lot of time together. And one of the things we often talked about was the television series from the 90s and early 2000s, Friends. Yes. Uh, and since then, Pete has moved to the north and I live in the south. That's worth pointing out because we're not actually in the same room, are we? No, we are not right now. And we both know a lot of people that like the television show Friends. And it's one of those bonding things where you find yourself quoting it all the time and people reference it all the time. So we thought, why not do a podcast where we invite our friends that's the first friends uh, mm. on to the show to talk about their favorite episode of friends hence yeah. the title friends the show with friends the people and we are going to look at this in a way that you probably wouldn't when you were watching it on telly we are going to look in I'd say far too much detail at episodes of Friends. Those things that you might not notice at first and you just go along with because, hey, it's these six happy people having these wonderful adventures together. What a wonderful group of friends. But we will actually look at those episodes in a little bit more detail. It's worth pointing out that probably what will come to happen across the course of this series is that we'll appear to be very cynical about the show Friends. But so yes. it's worth flagging up here that we are very big fans and we really like it. It is all done with, with love. love. With love, exactly. So as the podcast progresses, we'll be getting our friends to pick their favourite episodes of Friends. But we thought, uh, in the first instance, Pete and I should probably uh, go through the exercise and do it ourselves. So for the first two episodes, we'll be picking our favourite episodes. I'll be doing it next time. Uh, but for the first inaugural pilot, if you will, episode, uh, Pete Allison has chosen his favourite episode of Friends. Pete, which one have you picked? So I have gone for season 10, episode two, which is the one where Ross is fine. Okay. So, I mean, the first question for me, Pete, to you. 
You've chosen a season 10 episode as your favourite episode of Friends. Well, you see, it is the first episode that actually came to mind. And I'll place my cards on the table very early here and say, Ross is my favourite friend. God, you're just coming out with controversial opinions all over the place straight away. (laughs) Season 10, Ross, all the worst things. He ages like a fine wine in Friends, (laughs) I think. He gets progressively better. I will agree that he gets better, that is true. It's kind of because he becomes a bit more of a shambles. At first, he's like a, a nerd, a bit of a geek. Hmm. And by the end of the 10 seasons, he is this bloke who's kind of had a lot go on in his life. And finally, he kind of just wants to, he just wants to settle, doesn't he? Is what you're saying, Pete, is that you can see a lot of yourself in Ross. <laughs> Absolutely. I am Ross Geller, yeah. Now, what I must point out here is this is, despite it being part of the worst storyline in all of Friends. Go on. And that is Joey and Rachel. Oh, my goodness. We could do a whole whole series on this just alone. A whole thesis. So, so unnecessary, that relationship. It's also over really quickly. We'll pick apart that a little bit as we go, shall we? But shall we kick off with what actually happens in this episode of Friends? I've got the official... Uh, testimony from Wikipedia uh, about what happens in this show, so I'm going to read that out to you very quickly, okay? Yep. Ross and... No, I f***ed it up straight away. (laughs) (laughs) I've read the word Ross when it says Rachel. Here we go. Rachel and Joey think Ross might have problems with their new relationship, but he assures them he's fine. Ross invites Rachel and Joey on a double date with him and Charlie. They agree, but Ross gets drunk at the awkward date. Joey stays with Ross overnight to make sure he's okay, and they talk. Ross realises he's been apart from Rachel for so long, he shouldn't stop Joey and Rachel's relationship. He does give Joey his blessing, even though it still hurts. That's the main plot. Then we have our B-plot. Monica and Chandler are having a lot of trouble figuring out the adoption process, so Phoebe sends them to a couple who have adopted. Monica and Chandler meet them. Monica instantly gets along with the woman. No name put there. However, later Chandler casually mentions to their son that he was adopted, only to find out he didn't know that fact. He then pays the child not to tell his parents, but of course, he tells. That's B-plot. And finally, our C-plot. Phoebe hangs out with Frank Jr. and the triplets. The kids are driving him crazy, and he offers Phoebe one of them. <laughs> of course, casually. He comes to the realisation he could not possibly give any of the children up, so Phoebe offers to babysit so Frank Jr. and Alice will have more time to relax. The episode ends with Chandler accidentally revealing to the triplets that Phoebe gave birth to them. There's your full synopsis. Um, So there is a lot going on here. Yes, let's pick it apart plot by plot, shall we? And we'll start with the one that lends itself to the title of the episode. Yeah. Ross being fine. The whole problem arises when Ross walks in on Joey and Rachel kissing. Yeah. um, Where they have just got back from not Barbados, but Barbados. Oh, God. It's, 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 it's really interesting because Pete and I have obviously both watched this episode uh, yesterday separately and made separate notes. And my first note is pronunciation of Barbados. Yeah, Barbados, <laughs> which uh, maybe that's a British-American thing. I don't know. It must be, but it's, it's the one... Th- I, rem- I do remember watching Friends and every time they mention Barbados, just going, that's, that's not a place. That's not, that's a not how it's said. No, yeah. come on, guys. Now, the immediate problem here is that... Uh, Ross walks straight in to Joey's flat, and this is something that happens throughout all of Friends. They just freely walk in <laughs> and out of each other's flats, and this is a rare moment when walking freely into a friend's flat 
actually causes a problem. Because if that was like, if that was real life, if you just walked into mates' houses, like you'd probably like, I don't know, catch them while they're on the toilet or can you hang on a minute? I'm on the phone or something. But no, they are always readily placed and, and able for a chat apart from this time when he walks in on a kiss. And then the problem is that Rachel and Joey are just kissing right in front of the door. (laughs) They've conducted their entire conversation as like perfectly positioned as possible so that if anyone were to walk in, in say the example where, you know, there might be someone they both know that might be a bit perturbed if he saw this that has previous history of walking into their flat. Yeah, they do spend a lot of time standing up doing Mm. nothing in their own flats don't they you'd think more conversations would take place on sofas or at the kitchen table or something the only time i I regularly stand in my own kitchen is to do the thing that none of them ever do in the show which is cook dinner (laughs) despite one of them being a professional chef and this is the point where i think ross begins to come into his own in this episode because he starts overcompensating for how uncomfortable he finds it. I watched this whole thing and just thought, hats off to David Schwimmer. He must have been exhausted after doing this episode. Yes. Because, like, the sort of weird mental state he must have got himself into and all the high-pitched talking and the flapping and the running around. I'm exhausted watching him. Yeah. He must have been exhausted doing it. Well, he also... You say about them not eating food. This is one of the rare episodes where they do actually eat a meal because Ross <laughs> insists he is going to make uh, fajitas. Yes. Um, and this is actually only one course of the meal he prepares for them. <laughs> he ends up preparing for Rachel, Joey and Charlie uh, fajitas, margaritas and flan. Flan. Um, flan. Which, flan. Yes, flan. That's how they pronounce it. What is flan? Flan is a very Sunday tea time round at Nana's kind of pudding, isn't it? Yeah, well, hang on. Can I say, so, right, what do you think of when you think of flan? I feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> some sort of jelly-based pudding. Is that what it is? Like a opaque jelly. Like you can't see through it. Right, so this was my main takeaway from the entire episode was that I'm not sure, as a 31-year-old man, that I know what flan is. <laughs> I couldn't be 100% sure, because I thought it was like a sort of spongy pastry type thing, more akin to, like, it looks like a quiche, but it's sweet, you know? I think, like, a level of sponge and then slightly <laughs> harder than yoghurt kind of jelly thing. Yeah, but what Ross brings out looks to me like one of those little creme caramels. Hang on, shall I Google flan? I think it's important that we Google flan. Just Googling flan, one second. You know what? They are all the, the all the pictures that I'm seeing right now are the same colour, and it does look very creme caramelly. Okay, um, hang on, I'm on the, I'm on the flan Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> flan is an open rimmed pastry or sponge base containing a sweet or savoury filling. Examples are quiche Lorraine, custard tart. So a quiche is a flan. What? Oh, that's oh, hang on. That's just too confusing. In British English, in British English, flan is synonymous with tart, but there's a Spanish-style flan used in Tex-Mex cuisine, which is actually a creme caramel. Oh my goodness! I don't even feel like we've got to the bottom of what a flan is with all that information. What? What? What, what are we saying? I think it's a quiche or a custard tart. It's not a quiche. Or a creme caramel. Quiche is savoury, isn't it? A quiche Lorraine is a type of flan, mate. That's what Wikipedia says. Yeah, but to me, a quiche is like. At a buffet next to the 
pineapple and cheese on sticks. It looks like, from this basic research I'm doing, that they call creme caramel flan, flan in America. Right. Whereas we call like a sort of custard tart type thing a flan here. Do you think Ross is the sort of person who would make his own flan or he would uh, store-bought? Well, as a dinner party host, if you're just getting a flan out of the packet, <laughs> that's pretty... I mean, you might as well just give him a chocolate mousse, mightn't you? You might as well just got a Viennetta. <laughs> Here's a petit falou. Go nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I do love that menu that he offers up. Fajitas, flan... Uh, and margaritas, yeah. And the margaritas, the interesting thing is, there's a reference to it where he goes, oh, the first batch wasn't great, but the second is tastes good because yeah. he's pissed. And then Rachel goes, well, maybe we could all have some the next time, which I thought was like a little side swipe. But if you actually look at their glasses, the three of them have fully like salted rims still around their margarita glasses, and Ross is the only one that's had any margarita. So he's made two full pitchers of margarita and, according to the storyline, drunk the entire thing himself. How drunk would you be? I mean, that's that is, is that like passed out drunk? That's. I mean, that is, A, you'd be well off, but B, like... The only thing you would probably do in this real-life social situation is make sure everybody else was a bit drunk, isn't it? Because everyone's so awkward, you'd be plying them with booze to make it a bit more relaxed. Not just sitting there on your own, on a sofa, in the middle of your friends, drinking, while everyone goes, can can we get in on that? The other thing, uh, uh, the other problem I have with this particular um, dinner party is the guest list. (laughs) It is a couple meeting up with both of their exes, and Joey even makes a reference to the fact it's their first date! First date. <laughs> yeah, so Joey and Rachel's first date is at her ex-boyfriend's apartment with his new girlfriend, who also used to date Joey. Yeah, that is like the worst possible first date scenario, isn't it? That's like yeah. the perfect storm of shit date. But I suppose from a, an episode point of view, if after the first scene... Ross had just gone, do you want to come for dinner? And they'd have gone, no, mate, no, we're, we're going out. <laughs> <laughs> it would just have been them having dinner elsewhere. Do you know what, Ross? We're going to leave it. Nah, you're all right. <laughs> and the other thing that's uh, later mentioned is the fact that once Charlie and Rachel go home and it's just Joey and Ross left, Ross off camera has apparently performed some sort of dance while he was okay. drunk. <laughs> now, right, okay. So- <laughs> can you imagine what someone's dancing would look like after two full pitches of margarita. Well, so, so, so my, my problem is not just the dancing. My problem is this, right? Picture the scene. You've had a double date. It's been really awkward. Yeah. The two girls have gone home, leaving you and your male friend, who is now dating your ex-long-term girlfriend, right? Already a bit like fraught. So I put myself in this situation and I probably go, if I'm Ross... All right, mate, that's a bit weird. I'm, I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm drunk. I'm going to bed. Uh, crash on the couch. You're more than welcome. Who knows how many bedrooms Ross's apartment's got that's never referenced. Crash on the couch or the spare room or in the bath, whatever, if you want to stay, even though you live approximately 12 seconds away. That's fine. Right, I'm going to bed. Instead, what Ross does is go, shall we listen to the Chicago soundtrack? (laughs) Not only does he pop that on at full blast by all accounts, but then he proceeds to do a (laughs) semi-striptease because Joey makes reference and says, no, you took your trousers and shoes off whilst you were dancing to the Chicago soundtrack. So if you can envisage that for a moment, Ross is dancing, taking his trousers off in front of his one male friend who is now dating his ex-girlfriend in his apartment late at night. And a friend who 
despite all this happening, has not said, do you know what, Ross? Get yourself to bed. You know, <laughs> call it a night. We've peaked here. The only one thing I want to flag up about this Ross Rachel Joey thing goes right back to the start before we move on. And that is, after Ross's prolonged silence where he doesn't say anything, Yeah. the first thing he says was, so are you two? And they go, yeah. Right? So he's established that there's a thing going on. Yeah. Then the very first question he asks, having established that his two friends are together, is, have you had sex? <laughs> now, at what social level is that ever appropriate? Even if it's your if it's your mate and you're talking without their partner present, maybe be like, have you had sex yet? But to the both of them. Which they freely answer, by the way. Yeah, They're like, no, no. Exactly. That Neither of them are like, it's kind of none of your business, mate. This is a <laughs> grown-up romantic relationship with doesn't need your involvement. But they just kind of go, no, 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 of course not, mate, no. Yeah, how how is Ross's mind working at that point? He yeah. walks in, sees them kissing, and immediately thinks, oh, God, have they had sex? <laughs> and then, which I kind of guess would be the natural reaction. You would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would not ask that. You, you try and make it sound as casual and breezy <laughs> at a later date, wouldn't you? Breezy. Um, breezy, yeah. Is that a friend's reference? Yeah, breezy. Monica's once... Uh, Monica Monica's breezy, Richard's, yeah, of course. Richard's yeah. Answerphone and she's breezy. I knew she? that felt familiar. Yeah. Yeah, she's breezy. Talking of Monica, actually, the only thing I was thinking about all the way through the fine episode is that time that Monica gets ill and she can't say the word fine. Do you remember yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. And when she's and in the prime of life and it comes out. The prime out, of life. Prime of life. Yeah. Yeah, and I just find it's, it's a bold move for the Friends writers to base not one, but two episodes around the word fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right, so that is what we're going to call the A-plot. The B-plot, the secondary story running underneath Monica and Chandler's adoption, right? Yes. So we find them in the coffee shop. They are looking through all the papers and they're flustered. They don't know how it works. Yeah. Enter Phoebe. And Phoebe says uh, that she's got a uh, a friend, like a friend who are a couple. Yep, Bill and Colleen. I can hook you up and they'll tell you all about how they adopted their son. Now let, let let's just let's just you know jump on the first immediate point. We are on episode two of season ten. Do you remember any reference in the past to Phoebe's friends, Bill and Colleen? You'd think you'd know all of their friends at this point, wouldn't you? And Phoebe doesn't go over to Bill and Colleen's with Monica and Chandler. Yes, like, again, if I up. was doing that, if I was doing that, oh, I've got a mate that um, knows about that. Why don't we all go for a drink and then? You know, it's a sort of slightly less socially awkward thing. Not, here's their address, away you go. At no point does Phoebe communicate with Bell and Colleen. Yeah. And the thing is, if you were in that situation, if you hadn't told your son that he was adopted, yes. surely one of the first things you'd do when they arrived was say, right, you know what? Um, by the way, he doesn't know. So yeah. um, could you keep that on the down low? I understand why you wouldn't say it to everybody, but if you're having a sit-down meeting in your living room... Sure, a specific conversation about adoption. About adoption. <laughs> yeah. And they then proceed to have this conversation about the fact they adopted their son in their living room yeah, with the son just down the hall. And also, <laughs> she whips out this massive folder of all these adoption details, which 
incredibly, the son has never seen or asked any <laughs> questions about. Uh, I have a problem here, right? I have a problem with the way this now develops. Because they get this big folder out and Chandler says, can I look at it? Mm-hmm. And then Monica looks uneasy and Chandler goes, you want me to wash my hands first? Yeah. And she goes, yes. And then the the Colleen, the new character, says, oh, the bathroom is just down the hall. That seems to me overly convoluted as a way to send Chandler off to find the son that he's about to ruin the life of by telling him he's a doctor. Yeah, he could why just use the loo. Couldn't Chandler just go, I need the loo. <laughs> like, why do they play out this ridiculous charade about Monica's OCD and cleanliness thing and Chandler's bathroom habits before they can send him off to do the next bit of the plot? The other thing about the folder is that uh, Monica is very excited to find that the folder is so organised and cross-referenced and everything. Yeah. And I am used to watching this episode on telly because obviously like Comedy Central and it was on E4 before that. And the thing is that there are the odd bits of the script that they've had to cut out when it's on telly because it's on at all times of the day, obviously. Yes. So when I was watching this episode, I watched the full version of it in which Monica says, oh, I think I just had a tiny orgasm. Yes. And I was like, Oh, oh my God, Monica. Get a room. <laughs> Friends after dark. Yeah. It's like those late night episodes of Hollyoaks. Um, but yeah, this is one of those episodes where it's literally like two lines, but part of it cut out for... Uh, Amazing. For, for telly. Oh, that's good. That's something we should keep an eye on across this series is uh, the bits that were cut out for telly. There is um, also one whole episode that never made it to E4. Is there? Yeah, where they uh, where Joey and Chandler get free porn in their flat. That is brand new information to me. Brand new information. <laughs> now, back to the Chandler Mon. So Chandler's ruined this kid's life now. Yes. Right, he's gone, oh, you're adopted, by the way. So again, like, he's not to know, but realistically, stop having a chat with a nine-year-old about his adoption as sort of the first <laughs> first introduction. Maybe the child, like, mm. by the way, who is the kid from Spy Kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good spot from you. Yeah. Owen, little Owen. Owen, yeah. And then here's plot clunk number two for me in this scene after the whole farce of him having to go to the bathroom. Chandler goes back to the living room, and obviously what he'd really like at this point is for Monica to be alone so he can be like, you know, oh, oh, I've messed this up, we've got to leave. I've completely, you know, my bad. But of course, when you're around at someone's house that you don't know, you obviously wouldn't find the, the only other guest alone, would you? Oh no, there she is, just sat alone in the living room. Yeah. Just Bill and Colleen have just gone, we're just going to go and make some food. You right here? <laughs> By the and way, left. the food that they serve up as well, a whole bowl of jelly snakes just for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a little rodent. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, she, she brings them out. She's like, don't worry about the jelly snakes. They're for Owen. Monica <laughs> and Chandler might want a jelly snake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't worry about them. Don't touch them. Don't yeah. touch Owen's jelly snakes. <laughs> These contain the magical potion by which he always forgets he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> also, what would the conversation have been with Monica and Chandler with Owen in the room? They are there to discuss adoption. Why bring yeah. in a child who doesn't know he's adopted? What possible conversation can happen there? Well, this is the thing. So they go, oh, you'll you'll meet Owen in a minute. And at that point you go, the only function that that would serve is... If Monica and Chandler had never seen a child before, they're going, you'll meet Owen in a minute, so you know the sort of rough shape and size of the thing you might adopt. Yeah, like, exactly. You cannot 
extract any information about him without it seeming weird, he's going to say, who are these people that I've never come across before? She's going to say they're friends of Phoebe's and he's going to be like, well, we've never met Phoebe because it's been 10 seasons and I've never met anyone (laughs) called Phoebe. And then they're just going to sit awkwardly in silence while Monica and Chandler sort of... Eat jelly snakes. Eat jelly snakes and sort of (laughs) acclimatise to having a small child in the room. Like, what possible purpose would that serve? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, the third thing happening in this episode involves uh, Phoebe with her brother, Frank Jr., Um, one of the rare occasions where we see the triplets, which, of course, Phoebe gave birth to as a surrogate. Mm. Uh, They are four years old at this point. And Frank Jr. is sick of them, isn't he? He is. He looks like a tired, tired man. I mean, he never looked like a man that was going to cope well with three kids, but that's really come back to haunt him. Now, it's obviously known parenting three young children, uh, hard work, tiring. Um, but you kind of got to just, just deal with that, haven't you? Because, you know, you, you wanted the kids, you, you've got them, you are responsible for them. That's that's part of the job, isn't it? But what if you just want to get rid of one? <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those friend storylines, and they crop up from time to time, and, you know, it's almost worth us having a klaxon, where something is dropped so casually that when you really analyse it, it's such a heinous thing to say (laughs) that in real life you would, your jaw would drop and you'd go, you want to give one of your kids away because you're a bit tired. Yeah. And it's almost as if he's, he's come to Phoebe with this plan in mind. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go to the coffee house and meet Phoebe and I'm going to offer her one of my kids. Well, there appears to be no other reason why they're hanging out, does there? Yeah, exactly. But there's this weird balance between Monica and Chandler being desperate to have a child and Phoebe's brother willingly offering his triplets around. (laughs) And this never, the two never seem to meet. You know what? I think Phoebe should at this point say, you know what, Frank Jr., 
Two of my friends, they are desperate to have a child. You don't know how lucky you are, Frank Jr. <laughs> You're offering me one of your kids when, my God, Monica and Chandler are desperate for one. Uh, or, you know, as a possible solution in a, in a sitcom, just give one of your kids to Monica and Chandler. Done and dusted. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that wraps everything up quite neatly. That would have very succinctly solved everyone's problems, wouldn't it? Um, so then they go through the rigmarole of Phoebe outrageously entertaining this idea and going just so you know which one yeah so she's she kind of tries to make him see that all his kids are actually wonderful doesn't she by pointing out their their better traits and then the solution is why don't i just babysit them so after all that phoebe goes i could just babysit a bit yeah which seems to magically solve the problems it just means that alice and frank jr get a a bit of time together which is is the suggestion that they have not had any time apart from the kids in the four years they've been alive so bearing that in mind here's my proposed rewrite of that entire (laughs) storyline okay hey phoebe how are you oh i'm all right frank how you doing oh a bit tired not had a night off with the kids since they were would you mind babysitting them one night yeah of course cool And there we go. Done. A rewrite. I'll admit, it's not had the gags put into it yet, so I'll sure. add some jokes to You'll that. You'll work on that. To be honest, I still think it serves as good a purpose. I've just realised that that sound I made was actually Hollyoaks. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I thought that was deliberate. Was that, was that accidental? <laughs> I was trying to do one of the, like, the Friends stings bit and realised that, no, actually, I've gone for Channel 4 soap opera Hollyoaks. <laughs> it's very good that you bring that up, Pete, and it, it does feel like we've just very smoothly segued into the fact that we've uh you might have noticed recreated some of those famous friend stings yes. on what i can only describe as a small keyboard with 12 keys that i have in my bedroom so it's all very low budget but there you go we've it's got uh, quite infin- low production values here low production values uh and therefore instead of the aforementioned holly egg sting how about we round off this section with one of them Okay, Pete, it's quiz time. Okay. Uh, This was a a brainchild that we had uh, moments before recording this episode, which then required me going back and watching it all again. So what I've done is prepared you a quiz based on the episode to determine in how much detail you actually watched this episode. Okay. And we we can start a sort of leaderboard of... It's, you know, it's attention to detail. That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the sexily titled Attention to Detail Quiz. <laughs> uh, and what we'll do normally when we've got a guest on is that we'll, we will uh, mutually prepare this quiz. But for this first one, with it being your favourite episode, I've, uh, I've taken the liberty. So let's start off uh, fairly simple. What colour T-shirt was Ross wearing when he first walked in on Joey and Rachel? He is wearing a plain blue, quite light blue T-shirt. Correct. Yes. One point. Thank you. The first mention of the triplets that Phoebe makes, this is question two, Chandler says, that's funny because every time you mention triplets, I think about dot, dot, dot. He um, kind of quite weirdly, (laughs) (laughs) given he is talking about three kids, he, he thinks of three blonde women. Yeah, three hot blonde 19-year-olds. Yeah. Which, again, is one of those ones that everyone just does a little chuckle and then they move on, as if that is a socially acceptable thing to say. You're talking about three (laughs) four-year-olds that your friend gave birth to. Yeah. (laughs) Slightly different, mate, but never mind. Got a little joke, didn't you? I'm doing all right here, aren't I? Uh, That's two out of two, my friend. Yes. Okay, here we go. 
On arrival at the strangely awkward double date, Rachel's brought a bottle of wine. Charlie has bought something in a gift bag. Now, these are things that Joey has left at her apartment previously. Yeah. I'm going to say, first, not the best time to bring these, mate. Maybe just next time you see him. Or just drop them off. That's fine. Anyway, what are the three items that Charlie is returning to Joey? And bear in mind, these are the only three items he's left at her apartment. And this is 2003. A pair of pants. Yep. Um, he also leaves a toothbrush. Correct. Which Charlie should have just binned. Yeah, I mean, you can buy a new toothbrush for a quid, mate. And it's a CD, but I can't remember the... It is a CD. Art- is it Van Halen? It is, yes! it is a Van Halen CD. Yes! Excellent knowledge. So one night, Joey's apparently gone round with the intention of staying over, hence the toothbrush, left his pants yeah. and thought, <laughs> I'm going to seal the deal tonight, my friends. A little bit of Jump by Van Halen. <laughs> That's three out of three so far, my friend. Yes. Question number four. In the aforementioned slightly bizarre exercise where Phoebe tries to convince Frank Jr. that he loves all his children, he mentions the, the reason why he could never give away Frank Jr. Jr. Oh. That reason is that he's funny because he told him a joke the other day that made him laugh. What was that joke? Um, Can I just say before you answer that, this is I'm asking all these questions in the style of Ross asking the questions in the one where they do the game. Yes, you are. Yeah, that's good. And I've only just clocked that. I was like, what was that joke? The joke is what's green and it's something like what's green and can talk. And what's the punchline? A talking frog. I'm going to give you a point for that. The, the actual joke is, what's green and says, hey, I'm a frog. Oh, I should have known <laughs> The answer that. is a talking frog. For bonus points, can you name the other two reasons why he couldn't give away uh, the other two kids? Uh, one of them's clever and he thinks that she's going to be like a scientist or something. A doctor or a realtor. <laughs> oh, okay. Close. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the other kid's reason for not being <laughs> given away for free is. <laughs> Uh, apart from the endless and unconditional love of a father, the actual reason is she's the only one who can burp the alphabet. Oh, I should have known that as well. So that's uh, you got a bonus point for that. So so far you've got one, two. Well, this is this is going to be a. It's not too clear what your marking scheme is here. <laughs> no, I was just about to say if we're going to have some sort of you know leaderboard, it might be better to keep it out of five. So bonus points might be a okay. Uh, thing I shouldn't award. Bonus points are purely... Uh, bonus points are purely for the bonus of fun. Yeah. Okay, so that's fine. So you're currently on four out of four. This is question five, which is the last question in regular time, and I do have one bonus question, which okay. might... Uh, uh, again, I'm gonna. what I'm going to have to do is go back and format the quiz at some point before we <laughs> okay, move on in this, in this podcast. But question five, the last, the last question. What was Chandler's father's role in The Scouts? Oh, I'm not going to get that. Um, now, for reference, when he's talking to the kid just before he ruins his life and says, you're adopted, he says, oh, I was in the Scouts too. My father was a... I, I'm going to say something like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, mother bird, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you're very close. Am I? I cannot give it you. It's a den mother. Den mother. Uh, okay, so four out of five, Pete, in regular time. Thank you. Here is your bonus fun time. Oh, hang on. What's the, what is What do they do in the quiz? The lightning round, but yep. that doesn't really make sense, does it? Okay, this is the lightning round of one question. Oh, that's uh, what we should call this game. What? The, the lightning l- the round? The lightning round. Oh, good, yeah. All right, well, we'll 
edit that in earlier. We won't. It's just going to stay here. Um, the lightning round. That was the lightning round. Okay, and this is the bo- the super bonus fun round. Uh, applicable only to this episode, but let's remember for next week to format the quiz with five regular questions and then a sixth bonus question for no reason. How many times in this episode, titled The One Where Ross Is Fine, does Ross actually say the word fine? Right, well, it's it's a lot from memory, but it's also got to be a sufficient number of times for it to be obvious what that episode title is referencing. Correct. So... Um, I think he probably says it like four times in the first few minutes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for eight or nine. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for nine. You're locking in nine. Locking in nine. He says it eight times, Pete. Eight times. And I think what, you know, there is actually a ninth mention of the word fine from Joey. Someone else Uh, says it. Okay. Yeah. So that might have thrown your, uh. Yeah, your mental calculations off a little bit. But yeah, eight times in the episode, which actually, when you think about it, considering you're right, you just say about four or five times in the first minute. Isn't that often? Yeah, you know, Over 22 minutes. True. Um, but there you go. So you've got five, four out of five. You're the first one on our lightning round leaderboard. I feel like I should make a note of that. I'll make a note of that. If if we were a organised and professional production, I would now be saying that the lightning round leaderboard will be going on our website and various social media outlets. We don't have one of those um, yet. As for now, Pete's writing it on the back of his hand. <laughs> so if you see Pete in the street before he showers, please feel free to ask him who's at the top of the leaderboard. Sure. Um, it, currently, I've just got my own name written on my hand and the number four. <laughs> so now it's just going to look to anyone that you meet that you've forgotten your own name and you yeah. need a little aid memoir in case people are introducing themselves. So um, so next time, uh, Dave is going to bring an episode to the table. And then the week after, we shall start with our series of special celebrity, not necessarily celebrity, guests on the podcast, picking their favourite episodes of the 90s sitcom Friends. So, uh, are we all done here? We're all done, mate. I think let's uh, casually talk over some music fades up beneath us. There it is. And uh, we're off back to Dave's for fajitas and flan. (laughs) The flan's on me. Hello, it's 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 us. We're still here. Um, we wanted to let you know which episode we'll be having a chat about next week. And it's going to be, this is my choice next week, and, and I'm going to caveat this, and we'll talk about this in next week's episode. It's my second favourite episode, because my favourite episode is the one that another of our guests has chosen. But this is The One with the Blackout, which I believe is episode seven of season one. Really early one. Really early, compared to your really late one. So, you know, we're bookending them. So if you want to go away and watch that before uh, we release next week so you know all the very niche things we're talking about and then can also play along with the lightning round, uh, then do that. The one with the blackout. See you next week. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.